pressure's a privilege, man. We want to run towards that pressure. We don't want to run from it. And we want to enjoy that and embrace it and, and fight through the struggle of it. What's up, everybody? Welcome back. It has been a long time, but we are back and we are here to preview the 2024 Campbell baseball season here for you. I'm joined by Dylan Shanklin. As always, Dylan, how are you doing today? Man, this is a long time coming. Um, I mean, I I think we started talking about uh, 2024, uh, right after, uh, we got eliminated in South Carolina. So I'm very excited. Um, like I said, it's been a long time coming. Uh, this team is full chock full of good stories, um, and interesting tidbits that I can't wait to dive into to get, uh, people ready for less than a week until first pitch, uh, against UC Santa Barbara. Absolutely. As Dylan mentioned, we are less than one week away from first pitch as Campbell starts out uh, with the gauntlet, welcoming in a top 25 team ranked number 17 in the nation by D1 baseball in their preseason poll. The UC Santa Barbara Gauchos, who we will jump into a little bit uh, in the podcast, but they have some star studded pitchers uh, in their rotation as well as in their bullpen. And it'll be an early test for the Camels, uh, who Dylan are, you know, they had some losses last year. Not a lot of guys graduated. You had a lot of guys go pro, which is great for the program, but then you have to rebuild. Um, let's start by taking a, uh, a look back at, at some of those guys who left, and then how are we going to replace some of those guys? Uh, and one of the headliners is obviously uh, Cade, who was the – Friday night guy for Campbell, and now he is with the Atlanta Braves organization. Yeah, I mean, you, you lose him, top of the rotation guy, um, just nasty, nasty, um, nasty stuff led led you throughout the season. Um, that's going to be a huge loss, but again, like like Hare does with with uh, losing Thomas Harrington, then Cade steps up. When you lose Cade, this is a chance to cool his team to to – to run. And, uh, unfortunately, uh, I don't think he's gonna be available until it looks like mid March from what we're hearing. But, um, once he gets healthy and ready to go, it's, it's going to be, he's going to be the Friday night guy. Um, I go ahead and say that now and, and things could change. Coach Hare loves to, uh, change things up and, and kind of go ride with the hot hand. But I, I think it's safe to say that he'll probably get the crack at the chance to be the Friday night guy, but, Coach Hare has a love the love those JUCO transfers coming in. He's got a JUCO transfer star and and Derek Bar, uh, Derek Vartan coming in. D one baseball loves this guy. Sixty um, fifth ranked starting pitcher, um, and he could be the Friday night guy too. So I mean, Coach Hare, great to get another guy to come fill in, and he's doing it over and over again with. With uh, after Alan Winans, it was Thomas Harrington. After Thomas Harrington, it was Cade. After Cade, it's going to be either Chance or, or Derek, and then it, it keeps on going. So, um, the, it's going to be fun to see these guys and see the starting rotation and um, just to see how they're going to do um, opening night and opening week, like you said. 
Coach Hare taking no chances, rocked the bat, top 25 opponent in UC Santa Barbara, flying over from California all the way to Booze Creek, North Carolina. Um, and and like you said, they have some star-studded pitchers of their own. So um interested to see how Derek's going to do, um, hopefully when he gets the ball, um, first pitch uh, Friday night. Yeah, Dylan, you look at this Campbell program and how they, when they really took their leap and really went from, you know, kind of struggling in Coach Harris' first couple of years, and Coach Harris admitted this, that it was the last year of his contract. He said, we just kind of had to figure some stuff out. I mean, you know, they kind of, they did that in that 2018 season, but you really see the development and the growth of this program whenever you did have a star in that Friday night role. And whenever you can come out and you can win that Friday night, you set the tone for the entire weekend. Uh, all through last season until about three-fourths of the way through the season, you know, we had that running set. I'd have to look back and see what it was. But Campbell hadn't lost a Friday night game and since back in the 2022 season when Campbell welcomed in Maryland a Big Ten opponent to Bowie's Creek. And that was, I think, the second weekend of the season. So Campbell had a long stretch of coming out and solidifying a win every Friday night to open up the weekend. And that's huge. Uh, you had Alan Winans, as you mentioned. Then you go to Thomas Harrington, who got a non-roster invite uh, for the Pittsburgh Pirates to spring training. Congratulations to him. That's awesome. Then you move over to Cade last year who was awesome on the mound every single Friday. And then now we move into Derek Bartanian, uh, a JUCO transfer that the Camels are going to rely on early with Chance Sequilla out uh, with an injury. As you mentioned, he should be back in early March from all the uh, rumors that we're hearing and the insight that we've heard. Um, so if Derek can, can thrive in this role and provide the Camels with just a great uh, Friday night option, then you can see Chance uh, jump right into that Saturday role like he assumed last year um, and make a big impact there. Dylan, the biggest question for this pitching staff is going to be after that Friday night guy and Derek Bartani and solidifying it there. It sounds like it's going to be a uh, pitch by committee situation and it's going to be interesting to see who they roll out there next Saturday and then especially on Sunday and Monday last year. I was talking with Evan Butterbitch earlier in the week, and last year was the deepest pitching staff that this program has had in recent years. And now it's going to be kind of a 180 um, and seeing what they have and figuring that out early. And Campbell's going to find out very early as they take on UCSB uh, next weekend. Dylan, who do you have? And I know this is going to kind of be up in the air question, and we'll have to wait and see next Saturday. But who do you have on your radar to assume the Saturday, Sunday, maybe Tuesday starting roles. Yeah. I mean, just, just going back before that, I mean, if you look at the guys that we lost, Hunter Lloyd, um, I think it was a UDFA for the Phillies. Ty Cummings got drafted by drafted by the Mariners. Dan, uh, Daniel Brown, who who didn't play much um, last year, but he got drafted by the Cubs. Uh, you got Cade who uh, was drafted by the Braves. You got Cam O'Brien, who uh, transferred to Kentucky. Um, hopefully he does well this season um, in the SEC. Uh, you got Ernie Day, and then you got uh, Aaron Run, who was a uh, side to deal with the Brewers. 
So you have a lot of those guys that you relied on. That's probably um, 85 to 90% of the guys who pitched for you last year um, in, in those rotate or in those spots. And so, like you said, there's going to be guys that are going to have to step up and fill in. Um, guys we're probably looking out for, uh, the left-hander Cy Cox. Um, he was a community college transfer. Uh, he's probably getting some of that time. Uh, right-handed pitcher Simon Bargo, a uh, freshman from Ohio. Um, seems like they're very big on, on him too, getting a lot of name recognition, um, for him. He's got some good stuff. You have, uh, what we, we've seen this guy and, uh, we made a law firm out of him, uh, in, in meme's sake, uh, but Packy Bradley Cooney, um, who's going to be the transfer from the community college as well. Um, you got Derek and, and you have Cole, uh, Cole Peschel, uh, transfer from Charleston. So. A lot of transfers, JUCO and 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 D one as well, are going to come in and kind of fill those roles. And then you have some returning guys in, in chance. You have Jackson Roberts, who was kind of finding his brew towards the end of last season. You have Jeremy Wagman, who wasn't used that much. He's probably going to be. This is his time to get in and shine and um, see if he's going to be one of those starters or get one of those big time bullpen guys that hair loves to rely on. And then you have Garrett Kangas who, who probably got a couple of innings here and there um, who, who this, this is their time to get in and, and to fill those roles. And um, so you're going to have uh, a battle between a lot of dogs um, between the, between the Juco transfers and freshmen and um, the returning guys to come in. So, I mean, if you said last year's was the deepest, I mean, this year hair is probably hopefully not going to skip, uh, skip a beat and um, get a lot of these guys in. And there's going to be a lot of new guys that you're going to see a lot of new guys that a lot of people haven't seen, which is probably what coach hair wants, um, especially with the UC Santa Barbara coming in and um, they don't, they don't have a lot of film to look at. Um, so they're going to be relying on, some juco film uh some numbers that they have otherwise it's kind of well here you go so um i mean it's gonna be interesting to see kind of that friday saturday sunday roll and then your midweek um i it's kind of a toss-up you you don't really know i i could say four guys and then coach hair throws out four different guys i I think Derek is going to be definitely one of those guys um that's going to get that role. But between that, I, I couldn't even tell you who it's going to be. It could be one of those guys. And I think coach Hare is really good at um, riding with the hot hand. So it's going to be uh, time for these guys to step up. Yeah. One guy to keep an eye on, especially in one of those starting roles you know, that is returning from last year is Jake Murray, uh, who saw four starts last year. Uh, didn't really have to start that many games just because of how, loaded the starting rotation was uh, between a bunch of different guys, even when you threw Cade Boxrucker in there. Uh, but Jake Murray, especially towards the end of the season, he he started some games for the Camels, and he posted a 3.18 ERA, which is pretty formidable. He only tossed 22.2 innings, but I can see him stepping into one of those starting roles, especially early, since you have some uh, something to lean on there with some past experience and being and pitching uh, for the Camels. But maybe maybe he's a Saturday or Sunday guy, or he could be, you know, Campbell uh, playing all the, you know, very tough uh, midweek schedule. Maybe you slot him into those starts and 
and toss them out there on Tuesday against ECU. But one thing to keep an eye on this year, especially as Campbell is not in the Big South anymore, you're playing CAA teams once you get into the conference. You know, your Sunday guy that you're facing uh, on the weekends in conference play is not going to be the same as a Big South Sunday guy. So in the past, uh, you know, last year Campbell was very stacked at starting pitchers, so it wasn't, you know, that big a deal. But, you know, you could kind of throw maybe – the whole house at it, you know, pitching back committee on Sunday um, and not have to worry about, you know, Campbell was ranked second in the nation and run scored. So you're going to put up those runs. You didn't have to worry about a great pitching performance on Sunday necessarily, but that's something to keep an eye on too. a higher level competition. And that is something that I know that myself, you Dylan and all of Campbell fans are excited is it's, there's going to be more competition throughout the year. I mean, as fun as it is to score 67 runs in a weekend on Radford, um, you know, it's going to be nice to be playing some teams um, that are good, uh, have a good RPI and have a good RPI across the board. And that's going to be something that's really going to help Campbell as well as they move um, down, uh, you know, get later in the season. And we were definitely RPI watching at the end of last year. And that's definitely going to be something to keep an eye on this year. Uh, Dylan, Let's just go through some of the preseason awards real quick. I am a big D1 baseball guy. That's kind of where I, I try to base a lot of my information on. I kind of take every what everyone else is saying and then compare it with them. Um, but I'm going to go through real quick the uh, D1 baseball preseason player rankings by position. Um, we'll go. I'll go through them all, and then we can kind of go through and talk individually about each of these guys. Um, but starting out, you mentioned – uh, Derek Vartanian, who's a JUCO guy, ranked number 65 in the D1 baseball starting pitcher preseason rankings. That is a high honor for him, especially to be uh, ranked in that list coming from uh, a JUCO. You know, it's sometimes the, ta- the talent doesn't transfer, but there's a lot of upside there. And for them to have him in those uh, on that list is awesome. Followed by Grant Nip. Um, he is obviously the the man that that has been here for a while, the catcher behind the plate, he was ranked number 35 uh, in D1's baseball's catcher preseason rankings. Uh, first base is going to be uh, something that the Camels are going to have to find, someone who's going to solidify that role. And we'll get into that uh, in a little bit as we go throughout the lineup. Uh, but, you know, after losing Drake Pearson last year, that's a huge piece there. You saw Dalen Thompson step into that role towards the end of the season when Drake was hurt um, and Dalen's going to be someone who can move around and play a bunch of different positions, uh, but no one on the, on for first base there uh, at second base, you have Chandler Riley. He was ranked number 40 by D one baseball. Uh, no one at third base, no one at shortstop. And then you move into the outfield um, rounding out the bunch with the highest ranking of them all. Uh, Lawson Harrell checking in at number 11. Uh, Dylan, let's we've already touched on Derek. Um, let's talk about Grant Nip and, and what he brings to this team. And just from a leadership perspective, from a bat perspective, um, behind the plate, and then also on the mound. Yeah, I mean, I forgot to throw him into the mix in terms of pitchers. Um, it seems like uh, over over the offseason, he, he's kind of uh, let the people know he can throw high 90s uh, fastball, and he's got some nasty breaking stuff. So, I mean, heck, he might throw against uh, ECU, which would – 
uh, I think would be uh, sweet for him to do that um, for that to happen. But he's going to be your 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 Zach Minnick if you want to bring back up uh, Campbell Legends. He's going to be that veteran leader um, behind the plate who can control the game. He's gonna, he's going to have a lot of new pitchers. He's going to have to work with work with um, the kind of the only guy he he's used to. Um, before he got into to the spring ball and, and started um, working with the, some of the guys, it's going to be Chance, and he's going to be out. So um, you're going to have a lot of new guys he's going to have to work with um, over the over the spring ball, and, and he's probably worked with them a lot. So hopefully they've built a good chemistry, and then that chemistry is going to be tested right off the bat against uh, UC Santa Barbara um, with a – um dangerous lineup just waiting for you and um so i mean he's going to be very very key in terms of how each game is going to play out calling calling the game um and being that kind of coach on the field to make sure that these pitchers get it right and um we don't get into deep holes and we keep it close or or we turn on the big South magic and, and score a lot of runs against these teams. So he's going to be very pivotal in terms of how each weekend's going to go in terms of getting these, these pitchers deep into games and then flipping it over to the bullpen to kind of finish it out. Yeah. And Dylan, when you have a lot of new pitchers, the last thing you want is a new catcher because that can be a recipe for disaster. So having um, some consistency and a veteran behind the plate, is going to make a big difference for the Camels this year. Um, also, let's move on to Chandler Riley at second base. We'll go through the guys who are in the D1 uh, preseason rankings, and then we'll go and break down each position and who we think is going to start there. Um, we had a lot of questions asked on Twitter about our depth this year um, and, and what the – Offense is going to look like Dylan personally. I think the offense is going to pick up right where it left off. Um, you're obviously losing some big bats, but you also have a lot of guys who who were able to produce in key moments, and we'll see that. Um, but let's jump over to second base, and you have Chandler Riley, who has been he. You've seen him over the years play a couple of different positions. He's played at third. He's jumped over at second some, but now for him to just be solidified at second base is going to be great for this team. Uh, what do you see from Chandler there? And then we'll we'll move on to Lawson in the outfield. Um, not to bring up old names again, but I'm hoping for a Christian Jones type of season out of him. Guy who's going to end up hitting monster home runs, um, putting up 19, 20 home runs plus a season. Um, looking for big power production. Uh, I think uh, the baseball Twitter posted a video of him uh, crushing a, a pitch uh, over the left field wall, which is, which is good to see. That's what you want, um, want to see out of him. We kind of seen him grown up in our eyes in terms of being kind of that uh, young third baseman um, who, who was kind of getting play time here and there um, over, over the, over the couple of seasons, but now it's, it's, solidified his role to be that top second baseman. Um, if you're, if you're in D one top 50, that means D one sees something in you. Um, so hoping for a Christian Jones type of season out of Chandler Riley, um, kind of another veteran le- leadership who 
um, can hit uh, mammoth home runs, but also play good defense, getting a lot of those double plays um, and and getting those pitchers out of, out of innings and um, just being that, that guy who kind of solidified the, the infield, which is going to be a lot of brand new guys that he's going to have to work with this year. Yeah. Speaking of Christian Jones, he is normally, he's on some of the home broadcasts looking forward to hearing him again uh, on the call. Dylan, let's jump out to the outfield where a name that everyone knows. Uh, he was the Big South Player of the Year a year ago and just announced yesterday he is a preseason, he is on the preseason Golden Spikes watch list, joining Zach Neto as the only other person to be named to that list um, as a part of this Campbell program. Campbell also had a few guys who were on the midseason. And uh, semifinalist watch list, including Thomas Harrington, who was, as we touched on earlier, was outstanding for the Camels before being drafted by the Pittsburgh Pirates. But Dylan, what does the law bring to the table and just some veteran presence in the outfield and just honestly put up great numbers last year and was just had a lot of power um, and he's just solid out there in left field. Yeah, we're we're hoping for a, another year like that where it's a lot of power. But he also hit 340 last year, which is is good to see. Um, Coach Hare had him at the kind of that uh, cleanup role at the lineup. He didn't uh, like that too much, so he dropped him down in the lineup. And Lawson Harold just absolutely raked. Um, and and Coach Hare did not touch him. I, I think he he got quoted saying uh, if. If I put him back into third, uh, the third in the lineup, uh, just go ahead and kill me now because um, I'm never doing that again. So hopefully we see that again. Um, Lawson Harrell being that type of guy um, in the second inning where uh, you're seeing one of the one of the best guys in college baseball come up to bat um, with two runners on and massive three run home run and. I mean, the guy can also hit for average too. So, I mean, he can hit for power, but he can also hit for average. And that's what you want to see out of your, your top guy, the power and the average as well. Um, and, and he's going to be looked on as, as the leader for this team, uh, the law and order for this team. So um, he, he's going to be the law, uh, the one guys look to when they say who is uh, Campbell baseball it starts with Lawson Harrell. And then it, it works on to a lot of the rest of these guys. So hopefully another big season out of Lawson Harrell. And then hopefully that raises his draft stock um, to to be in maybe in the first round discussion um, in terms of outfielders. Uh, he's got a lot of talent and he also plays really good defense um, as well. So you add defense, power and average. That just makes for a, a deadly trio named Lawson Harrell. Absolutely, Dylan. And you made a great point last year. He was in that five, uh, six spot in the order, which is crazy to think about how great of a hitter was. And he was not in, in the top four of the lineup. But it'll be interesting to see where Hare writes him in the lineup this year, especially you don't have uh, as many returning pieces around him. But to see where he shapes up uh, in the lineup. But we will find out next Friday. All right, Dylan, let's jump into the rest of the lineup. We'll go position by position. And then we'll jump a little bit into uh, the schedule, what we think of it, um, and talk a little bit about opening weekend. 
I didn't tell Dylan this before, but I think it would be awesome if on Thursday uh, we do uh, Twitter spaces uh, with everyone uh, to kind of kick the season off. I'll be out of town uh, Sunday through Wednesday of this week, and then I'll be back on Thursday. And then I'm going to be gone uh, for my bachelor weekend on the weekend. So I'll try to uh, squeeze that in while also spending time with my fiance, who I'm sure will not be happy that I'm going to talk about baseball uh, during that time. But it'll be fine and it'll be great. But Dylan, let's jump into the rest of the lineup. We're just going to go. Uh, we'll skip over pitchers. We've already touched on that a little bit. Um, but let's we'll just kind of go straight two through nine. Uh, we'll start. We started at catcher. We already talked about Grant Nip. Um, but Dylan, with Grant uh, pitching some, uh, you take a look at who can step in um, and be behind the plate whenever he's on the mound or whenever he needs a day off. One, two names uh, to mention. Uh, one guy is Jackson Thompson, who assumed some of the catching roles uh, last year whenever Grant was out. Um, he's a great option back there. And then also Jonah Oster, who was a great bat uh, last year at times. He was a pinch hitter a lot of times. He provides a lot of power and pop um, at the plate. But what do you see there? We'll, we'll kind of keep it quick with these names of the guys who were on the D1 baseball preseason rankings. Yeah, I think like you said, it's going to be uh, if Grant Nip has to come in and, and pitch some, um, you're probably going to look at Jackson Thompson uh, transfer from uh, my other team that I, I, I share, uh, Virginia Tech Hokies, um, as well. So I, I think he'll be a great option. And then, like you said, Jonah Oster could get some time behind the plate, too. I think he also had some time um, at third base as well. Um, but he's also a, a good catcher. Uh, they got a lot of lot of catchers. Uh, Andrew Schultz could also see time a, as well. So um, I, I think it's going to be Jackson Thompson um, that if Grant Nip has to come in and and pitch some, uh, Jackson Thompson is going to be right there um, to kind of fill fill that void and um, be that be that guy if Grant Nip has to come in and and be in the spot to pitch. Absolutely. Let's jump over to first base. I mean, this is we we touched on it a little bit earlier, but with Drake Pearson leaving and not being a part of this program anymore, this is going to be a big question mark for the Camels. So the question going in is: Do you turn to Dylan Koontz, who is a part, uh, who's been a part of this program for a couple years, is familiar with the programs, or do you bring in Reed Stallman, who is a transfer from Des Moines Area Community College? Um, from what I've heard, indications are pointing towards Reed. But if not, you, you can always, you know, Justin likes to use people in, in pinch hitter roles and also just kind of mix it up a little bit. And obviously that's what the first little bit of the season is about, is finding out what what works um, and, and where do you need to plug and play guys. But you look at Reed Stallman, who was at Des Moines Area Community College uh, last year. He hit 370, uh, which is outstanding even at the community college level um, and he also was able to drive in 89 runs and built 15 homers which is the power that you love to see from this first baseman uh, role on a Justin Hare coach team you have a you've traditionally had a lot of power over there uh, with Drake Pearson in the past uh, Dylan what are your thoughts on you know is it going to be Koontz is it going to be Stallman is it going to be a combination of both as uh, we kind of get into the season 
Yeah, I think it's going to be a combination of both. Um, it's going to be whoever the hot hand, whoever's batting really, really good, whoever's playing really good defense is going to come out. I think it's going to be Reed versus Dylan. Whoever comes out um, of that is going to get going to get the start um, on most days. Um, you might also see Dalen Thompson over there. Uh, probably not as much as as last year. Um, I, I think Coach Harris just loved his speed. Um, so you had to fit him somewhere in the lineup and, and with Drake being out, it was kind of that open spot for Dalen, um, to kind of fit in. But, uh, this year you got two juniors, two guys, upperclassmen, um, one transfer from community college and the other one who's been with, like you said, has been with this program for, for a bit, knows coach hairstyle. So, um, it's going to be probably Reed Stallman and, and Dylan Coots sharing time against UC Santa Barbara um, and then whoever um, comes out um, better over the weekend will probably get the majority majority of the starts um, throughout the year. Yeah, it'll, it'll be good to see who gets the hot batter, who has the hot batter over there. And, and obviously we'll find out next weekend. And I'm going to try to talk to coach here early next week and have that for everyone to, to listen to. I don't think he'll give us his uh, starting nine for opening day, uh, but we'll try to get him to talk through some of these guys and what he thinks of them and what he has seen both in the fall and as you transition into the spring. A lot of times you hear guys had great falls, but you know, it, baseball is a streaky sport. You get hot, you go cold. So we'll see what happens as we transition into the season that is just not even one week away, less than one week away, and we are definitely excited. We'll jump over to second base. We already touched on Chandler Riley. I think he's going to be a mainstay there. Another position to keep an eye on is at third base. Dylan, I think the guy is going to be Braden O'Shaughnessy. Um, from all indications, that's what I'm hearing. But what are your thoughts on him, or do you have another guy under radar? I think it's going to be Braden O'Shaughnessy as well. Um, it's been a guy who um, – transfer from Youngstown state graduate student. Um, so he has a lot of experience. He, I, I, he raked at, uh, Youngstown state. So hopefully he brings that over to Campbell. Um, another veteran guy, um, who knows how to hit brings it over. Um, it makes that infill pretty good with Brendan Shaughnessy, um, at third Chandler Riley at second and hopefully Trenton Harris, uh, coming back off of injury at shortstop. That's a veteran um, infield that's uh, all upperclassmen. Um, that is what you want to see. Um, so I think it will be Brandon Shaughnessy as well. Hopefully he produces the same numbers uh, he did at Youngstown State. Yeah, absolutely. Now we can uh, jump over to the shortstop. Another name that has been in this program for a while. Uh, talking about replacing talent. At a position, you you have at the shortstop position, you go from Zach Neto to Bryce Arnold, uh, who was great for the Camels last year and now is in the um, Toronto organization. Uh, now you move into Trenton Harris, who has played a lot of different positions on this team as well in the past, and now he's going to be the starting shortstop for this team, uh, we believe. Dylan, what are your thoughts on him? Yeah, I mean, if Campbell fans remember last year, he actually had he got the start um, start opening day at shortstop, uh, and I think he got injured, and then kind of Bryce Arnold came in, stepped up, and became the guy. And, and unfortunately, Trenton Harris had to sit behind Bryce Arnold. Um, hopefully, he got to learn a lot from a great shortstop. Um, 
and and so now is his time to shine um, at that shortstop position, being a being a senior um, for this team, and it, it's going to be his time to shine. Uh, hopefully, he gets a lot better with the bat. I think he wasn't too good with the bat um, o- over his time at Campbell. So hopefully, he could be a hitting machine that can either lead off or kind of turn over the lineup back to the top of top of the order, like Coach Hare likes to do, or Coach Hare loves to use that. Uh, use the the squeeze play to get get runners in so uh you never know what he's going to be hopefully he's that swiss army knife uh we like to see at shortstop yeah but then we transition into the outfield dylan we've touched on lawson harrell he's going to be a great asset out there one of the big uh question marks this year is going to be center field a lot of good options out there um, a lot of a lot of guys you can kind of move around as oh, we have a lot of talented outfielders. But one guy uh, that played a lot last year was was a great bat, has a lot of speed. Is Peyton Howard? Uh, what do you see from him out there, or do you see someone else sliding into that center field role? I, I would believe it'd be Peyton Howard. Um, Peyton Howard, like you said, had the great bat, was also very speedy on the base pass. That's Coach Hare loves to see see that out of your outfield. Uh, there's been some talk of Joe Simpson also being part uh, one of those guys that could slide into the uh, center field role, junior out of uh, junior transfer out of Kirkwood Community College. Um, so he could be that type of guy that um, could challenge Peyton Howard in terms of that center field center field position. Um, also another speedy guy as well. So um, coach coach here knows what he wants in the center field. He wants a guy who could be uh, rangy can get to all parts of the field. Cause I mean, uh, Jim Perry stadium is, is a pretty big and that center field is pretty big as well. And um, with it, um, the, the Bowie's Creek legend of it being very, very windy, um, at games, it, it could come into effect, and and coach uh, coach Hare wants uh, a guy who could range all over center field. So I think it could be Peyton Howard, but um, it, it could be Joe Simpson as well, just waiting in the wings, uh, ready to go. And I think he'll get a lot of bats um, off the bench uh, if Coach Hare turns turns to him. Absolutely, we'll see what happens, and and a lot of people that you can work through out there. Um, but then you move over to right field. I think someone who who's going to make an impact out there is going to be transferred. Joe Simpson, um, he provides a lot of pop as well, and then um, you know, kind of some other guys that maybe can move around, switch in, uh, be in the DH role. That I think will definitely slot into the DH role at the beginning is Max Weller, um, another guy, Dalen Thompson. Um, who can really play anywhere on the field. What are your thoughts on on Joe Simpson in right field, or do you see like Max moving into that role to start the year? Uh, I think it could be Maxwell as well. Um, he got uh, was coming into his own uh, towards the end of the year. Um, you lose a guy in Logan Jordan who transferred to Georgia. Um, that was a guy who had who was your bop behind uh, Lawson Harrell. So hopefully Maxwell can kind of fill that position and, and be that guy that – could could match uh, Lawson Harrell in terms of uh, being your power guy behind Lawson Harrell as well. And uh, I, I'm going to go ahead and uh, make Campbell fans very happy. Uh, maybe Peyton Bonds could get into it. Uh, freak athlete. Um, you might recognize that last name uh, being the nephew of uh, Barry Bonds. So uh, I think we've seen some videos of him hitting some homers as well. So he could factor factor in as well in that alpha position and hopefully that DH. Um, 
but uh, that would make Campbell fans very happy. But uh, he's got a lot of time to grow um, being a freshman from New Jersey. So um, you have a lot of choices in terms of that um, outfield role that Coach Hare could turn to on any given day. Yeah, the Peyton Bonds is definitely someone that Campbell fans are excited about, and he's drawing some attention across the country already before he's even played in a Division One baseball game. But that'll the, Peyton will definitely be somebody to keep an eye on. And quite honestly, I think a lot of people want to want to see him get some action early. But you you never know with how guys are progressing um, and adjusting to the college game. But we'll see. Um, what he does, I will say that that one photo um, that Stephen Shock used of him in his preview, his legs are massive. That's um, some Barry Bonds s legs. I mean, I can't. I'm sorry to make the make the comparison, but good heavens, that kid is built as a freshman. So maybe that he got to the to the wagon early and got in the weight room. Yeah, the, the me wagon has done him well. Um, some other names that, that I wrote down that we've already touched on a little bit, Dalen Thompson, he can kind of play all over the field, uh, and Jonah Oster, who also um, can be a catcher for you, or he can come in as a pinch hitter um, or just you know give you a, a solid bat in the lineup. Dylan, um, what, let's, do you have anything else that you want to touch on before we jump into the schedule and what we're excited for? Um, let's let's touch on real quick that uh, Campbell did not receive any preseason rankings. Um, we'll talk about your thoughts on that and why do you think that is um, from a national perspective? Why why Campbell uh, after being ranked in the top fifteen for the majority of the season last year? Uh, turns starts this season and, and really gets no national love outside of Lawson Harrell being named to the Golden Spikes preseason watch list. I, I think everybody is kind of kind of iffy in terms of the starting pitching. Um, people don't know what to expect um, when you get into Friday, Saturday, and Sunday, and then if you, midweek like. I put the note eight out of the 12 midweek games are against right now uh, as a preseason D one rankings is against ranked opponents. Um, So I I think the everybody's kind of skeptical in terms of where the starting pitching is going to be at and starting pitching wins um, wins college world series, get you into those regionals. I I think we've seen every single year that we've been to a call into a regional we end up running out of pitching. Um, if it's we get to a freshman and Cade box record against Mississippi State, we get into last year um, in terms of getting uh, having to play NC State again, we en- end up running out of pitching. So I think everybody is a little skeptical in terms of how this pitching rotation and um, who's going to be the main guys, how that's going to come come out to be. I don't think they disrespect the offense. The offense will definitely be there. Um, there, There's too many upperclassmen, too many seniors, too many returning guys um, that are going to end up making the offense pretty good. I think it's the pitching that everybody is kind of concerned about. And then you're also moving into a new conference. Like you said, this is not going to be where we're getting into a Sunday and we can just throw out anybody that we want and then 
we end up winning the game by 20 plus runs. This is not going to happen. You're going to get into Sunday where it's probably a, a winner take all, um, winner take all type of series. And, and luckily this year we don't play Northeastern, um, we, but we do play um, UNCW. So um, you, you never know who who that guy is going to be. Um, but we 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 hope um, that once we get through this first weekend, maybe go three and one. And that turns around, we beat ECU, and then we take two out of three against UC Santa Barbara, and we shoot up the rankings pretty quickly. So I think Coach Hare did that for a reason, knowing that we'll probably get just a little disrespected um, at the beginning of the preseason. Yeah, and obviously preseason rankings don't don't mean really anything, especially when you're looking at teams and you have no idea what they really bring to the table. It's a nice touch. Uh, it's nice something that, that you can talk about, preseason hype. But Campbell's going to be able to prove themselves early and often um, throughout this in the opening weekend, ECU on the annual first midweek game of the season in Bowie's Creek. Um, and then you move into a, a little bit of an easier non-con schedule before you start welcoming in some of those other preseason top 25 teams like uh, UNC, you're going to play NC State in the middle of the season. You have Duke twice. And, you know, and one thing as we jump into the schedule, I'll touch on this. One thing that is going to be very exciting about the season is uh, the North Carolina Tar Heels are finally coming to Bowie's Creek. Um, I think for the first time ever. Um, and, and that'll be awesome atmosphere there. But Dylan, let's jump into the season. We'll just kind of go uh, game by game by game slash series by series. Real quick, uh, we'll talk about um, the opening series to start with UC Santa Barbara. What do you see there? We talked about they have a great uh, pitching staff, uh, both in their Friday night guy and also out of the pen. I mean, you go right off the bat um, facing the number four ranked uh, in, in terms of D1 baseball, uh, the fourth ranked guy in Matt Agar who by all accounts is probably going to end up being a first round pick uh, next year. But um, D1 loves this guy. They've already named it the big West pitcher of the year. He's also first team all American uh, third team, all American in terms of perfect game. And then third team, all American um, for this NCBWA as well. So this guy has a lot of hype um, coming into the season and He's also not going to have an easy start to the season by facing this lineup, probably um, just making a bold statement, probably one of the toughest lineups that he's probably going to face all season. Um, he gets it right off the bat uh, opening day. So you got him and then you got a guy that they can turn to uh, in a reliever, Hudson Barrett, who uh, last year was the Big West Pitcher of the Year. He, uh, this year, D1 Baseball has him and all all outlets have him as the second team All-American. So he's going to be a great Lurie pitcher, um, probably coming in from Matt Agar. So it doesn't get easy for the Camels right, right off the bat if they if Agar is pitching good and then Hudson Barrett closes out the show. Um, it, it's going to be tough. And then, I, I mean, it, it doesn't get any better because um, they have uh, D1 Baseball's Big West Freshman Pitcher of the Year in Jackson, Floria. Um, coming in will probably pitch Saturday or or could pitch um, in the weekend. So um, this pitching is is 
got to be tough to face raw off the bat. Luckily, you have a lot of seniors and a lot of upperclassmen who they can turn to to make this pitching staff um, have a hard time um, coming into the season. So um, I think for them, it's going to be it's going to be pitching and it's that's what's going to lead UC Santa Barbara throughout this week is how the pitching is. How is the pitching going to be? Is Matt Agar going to be the shutdown guy on Friday? Um, and then it turns to Hudson Bear and it just doesn't get better, or are they going to get to Matt Agar? And then from there, it, it's kind of a feast or famine um, for UC Santa Barbara. Um, how are they going to do um, over the weekend? So I think they could set the tone Friday. Um, and if they set the tone on Friday, then it's going to be a long weekend for the Camels. If they don't, it's going to be a long weekend for the Gauchos. Yeah, it's definitely going to be a tough test right off the bat, especially on Friday when you have uh, Matt Agar versus Derek Bartani, and we'll see how Derek uh, rises to the occasion. One thing to keep an eye on, especially in these early season games, is your leash is a little bit shorter on these guys who are just starting uh, the season. You want to see what you have. Um, so if you can jump on Matt Agar early um, and and kind of sit him down, you can really open up the weekend to success. And Dylan, as we move back into baseball season, one of the the keys to remember is, especially in these weekend series, if you can go into a team's bullpen early in the weekend, you set yourself up for a lot of success as you get deeper into the weekend. Um, and that's something that we'll see on the camel side in the bullpen and how they react to that and how the starting pitchers come out um, and if they have good starts or not. But that's something to keep an eye on, especially early in the season when every single team is trying to figure it out. Dylan, we'll jump into ECU just briefly, and then we'll just pick like one or two games or series that we are really looking forward to for the season. Um, and then we'll get in more in-depth as we go throughout the season and have more uh, context to what both the Camels look like and, both, and what these other teams are looking like as well. Hopefully, we're going to have a weekly podcast for you. I'm hoping to have uh, weekly Twitter spaces as well. Uh, once we get into the season and we see how it goes, we'll see what days work best for that. Um, but I'm hoping for uh, Twitter spaces every Sunday night or Monday night, either before the preseason or the weekly D1 baseball poll comes out or a reaction pod like we did some last year on Monday nights. But Dylan, let's jump into ECU a little bit. Ball in last year, the Camels swept the Pirates. Uh, three games. Unfortunately, you only get two games this year. It's just a scheduling thing. It was fun to have that um, neutral site game against the Pirates this year. That will be replaced by a matchup with new American Athletic Conference uh, foe in Charlotte. That game will be played at the Woodpecker Stadium in Fayetteville. So another great matchup there. But let's focus on the Pirates for right now. Dylan, they have a lot of arm talent returning as well. Uh, they're going to be very deep on the mound, and they're going to be have another great lineup. What what are we what are we going to see from the Pirates on Tuesday as they come into Bowie's Creek? Yeah, I mean, I luckily we're not going to see their the, hopefully um, as I uh, put in air quotes. Hopefully, we will not see their best pitcher in uh, Trey Young Savage. Um, who, by all accounts, is probably going to be the best pitcher um, in in baseball this year. Um, I got to give him credit. The kid is nasty. Um, and he's going to be nasty this year. Um, so luckily, we avoid him. Um, we'll probably avoid Zach Root as well. Um, saw him last year against the Camels. Camels roughed him up. 
um, last year. So I, I think they'll be his Saturday starter. But you could see Danny Beal, um, who the Campbells also roughed up last year. Um, but he's returning. I. Uh, ACC conference uh, team. He's going to be a good R coming out of the pen. So um, it's going to be interesting to see what, what they do. They have a lot of guys returning. Um, probably going to see maybe Jay Connor. Um, I know he's moving on up. Could be the Sunday starter. You, you never know when you get into these type of games um, against like East Carolina, they could throw anybody they want to. Um, and we could throw anybody we want to. But as we've seen last year, you kind of take all the pitching and kind of throw that throw that in the garbage. Um, and you look at the lineup. This lineup is, is stacked. Um, they have a lot of guys returning. Um, they got six offensive starters returning this year. Um, it's kind of led by um, three guys, Jacob Jenkins, Coward in the outfield. Um, always been <laughs> always been a thorn in the side in terms of camel uh, in the Camels um for like four years, five years, however long he's been there. Um, I, I'm starting to lose count of how many times he's been there because I think he's been there since I left college. I can't even remember. Um, you have they have a good first baseman in Carter Cunningham, and then they have a good second base infielder in Jacob Starling as well. So they have a deep lineup that whoever's gonna be that Tuesday, the midweek guy is going to have to come in and face. Um, and it, it doesn't get easy throughout the whole entire midweek. Like you said, a lot of ranked teams coming in or we're going to um, this year. So maybe this is where Jake Murray kind of comes back and, and fills that, fills that void. Uh, Jake Murray did pitch really well against East Carolina. Um, East Carolina probably doesn't want to see him again, um, but you never know. Um, Coach Hare can make it into um, kind of a starting pitcher by association. We've seen that in the past. He, he's done it with barefoot. Maybe this is the Grant Nip territory where you put Grant Nip, tell him, hey, go however long you want to, um, and then we'll put you behind the plate after you pitch. So you never know. Um, and the, But I think the big thing about this is their lineup is going to be really, really deep, and it's going to be very scary to face come Tuesday in the creek. Yeah, it's always an exciting matchup when the Pirates come to Bowie's Creek. And until last year, the Pirates had had the best of the Camels in the Creek for a while. Um, but we'll see what happens on Tuesday night, um, following the opening weekend, and see what happens there. One guy uh, that the Camels will not face this year, but I'm will be excited to keep an eye on is Zach Root, who is in line to be their Saturday guy. Uh, last year, he was their midweek guy, and the Camels touched him up a little bit. Um, but there's a lot of hype of, around him. Um, so it'll be fun to see how he progresses. And and honestly, to just keep an, keep an eye on the Pirates. It's a good rivalry that has formed over the last couple of years. Um, and we have a lot of friends that wear purple and gold that like to mention us on Twitter. So good luck to, to all the teams this year and, and the Pirates. We'll see you. Um, in early February to start out the the midweek. Dylan, let's jump into the rest of the schedule. We are not going to go through every series, but what are let's pick one midweek game um, outside of ECU that we're both excited for, and then one weekend series that we're both really looking forward to. I'll let you start with a midweek game, and then I'll follow with mine, and then I'll go first for the um, weekend series. 
I, I, I hate to take the low hanging fruit here, but I think it's Carolina in the Creek. Um, I think fans are just salivating at the fact that the Tar Heels are coming to the Creek. Um, the Tar Heels are, are obviously they're good. Um, but to have them in the Creek, um, first week of March, that being your, your second home midweek game, uh, followed right up by East Carolina. Um, first of March, um, just got back from, uh, playing a three game series against Georgia Southern. You got the Tar Heels at home. Um, I think that's the, the big, uh, test, um, in terms of where you're going to be at in the season. You've already faced four, uh, you've already played four games against, uh, ranked teams. We'll make that five against hopefully, Coastal Carolina will be up there in terms of the rankings. So, I mean, that's going to be kind of the baseline of how the season's going to go. Um, are you going to have success in terms of being those ranked guys and then kind of building your way up like we've always seen each year, especially last year, building your way way up in the rankings and then making some noise? I think this is the perfect opportunity um, to get North Carolina coming into Bowie's Creek and you could just make some noise and hopefully by then we're cracking the top 10. Yeah, that'll be a fun one. And it'll be the first ever trip for the Tar Heels to Bowie's Creek. Coach Hare touched on this talking about uh, the Tar Heels. You know, they have a great relationship with their coaching staff and it has never really been a slight at Campbell. But when you're a program like uh, UNC, you have a lot of teams that you can basically schedule anybody you want to come to you for a midweek so Coach Hare was always pitching the idea of a return trip, and finally the Camels are going to get that this year on March 5th. That'll be a good one. Dylan, I'm not going to go the same direction just so we can have a little more conversation going, but uh, the Camels finally, after a break last year, a little breakup uh, between two programs, Campbell will face off against NC State this year. There's not going to be a home-and-home home like we've seen traditionally in the past, but the Camels will travel up to Raleigh and a rematch of the uh, Columbia Regional where the Camels eliminated the Wolfpack. Uh, NC State, you know, returning a lot of talent this year as well. We'll see how their pitching depth is, especially in those midweeks is when it can get dicey for them historically. Um, but we'll see. I know how the Camels perform up there. I know that there'll be a great contingent of Campbell fans out there for that game. I know myself will be there, um, but that'll be a good one and one that I'm excited for uh, to keep an eye on. That game is on April 16th. Um, so right after you pay your taxes on April 15th, you can head out to uh, Doak Field uh, in Raleigh and see the Camels take on NC State. I'll tell you what, Dylan, this is for NC State. This is always a trap game for them. Campbell, especially when they, they go up there. They give the Wolfpack some fits, and we'll see. We will have a really good gauge on what this team, Campbell team looks like by that time, middle of April. Um, and that's when you really start looking at those RPI numbers. As you get to the middle of April and into May, uh, that'll be a big game to keep an eye on. Dylan, do you have any thoughts on that game? Yeah, I mean, like you said, you we're going to be RPI uh, watching, hopefully, when it gets to that game, in terms of where we're going to stack up. Um, and, and, I mean, right now we're already – I think I saw a projection. I can't find who already did it. But we're already ranked to be the, uh, a 3C heading to the South Carolina Regional again. 
uh, go ahead and, and play the rewind music if we're going to end up doing that again. Um, and I think it was South Carolina, Iowa, and uh, another team that I can't think of off the top of my head, which would be the regional uh, death, in my opinion. But, I mean, when you get to that point where you're looking at it at NC State, um, and then you look at the rest of the midweeks, um, if you beat an NC State and you're, and you're looking, um, you go to Hofstra, which um, I know – some of the guys on Twitter felt slighted being picked uh, very low in terms of the CAA. So they went 500 have... last year. And it, they are mad well, that they were picked ninth in the preseason poll. Well, and, and I mean, this is going to be the perfect opportunity to prove yourself. You have a team that's very good. The Big South um, former champs coming into coming into New York um, as a conference game. So um, if they want to prove themselves, go ahead and beat Campbell two out of three or sweep them just to prove something. So we shall see, but, um, but you, you look, if you beat NC state and then you kind of look at the rest of the season, you kind of salivate at the, at the way the RPI could go with some big, big rest of the midweeks um, returning back to NC state going to Greenville and then you're going to Liberty. So, uh, if you set yourself and then you have um, Duke at home. So if you look at the RPI and you're a good position, uh, good position there, it could only get better with more wins. So I, I think that's like you said last year when we were looking at last year and we were, we were looking at the midweeks and kind of thinking, uh, is this going to be an RPI killer? Like we're going to come out of Sunday and we've swept the team, but lost like 60 positions because we just swept them or this year. It won't be that way. We're going to be looking at RPI and we're going to be looking at each, each series as a uh, step forward and not a step back. Yeah. Dylan, as we jump into picking our uh, weekend series that we're most excited for. I'm just going to exclude uh, the Santa Barbara series because obviously everybody's excited about that one, and we've touched on that a little bit. But, Dylan, last year I, I said the exact same thing. This uh, week-and-a-half to two-week stretch is going to be huge for the Camels. It was true last year, and it's going to be true again this year. And you look at the beginning of May, May 1st through May the 7th, that first week of May is going to be huge as Campbell travels to Liberty on May 1st for a midweek game. That could be a big RPI game for the Camels, depending on how the Flames are doing. And then Campbell travels to UNCW. That weekend is probably going to decide what happens in the CAA. It's going to have a lot of implications RPI-wise, as UNCW is supposed to be a solid team this year. And then you look uh, that next midweek on May 7th, which is my birthday, and I hope I get a nice present from Justin Hare uh, as Campbell travels to uh, North Carolina for that return trip. So that that's five straight games where your RPI could really uh, take a big jump. It could take a big fall, um, but you can really solidify yourself in, in both in uh, the national polls and the national RPI and in the CAA standings. And Dylan, my Weekend series to keep an eye on for this year outside of the U.S. UCSB game series is that trip down to Wilmington uh, to face off against UNCW. I mean, that that's going to be, like you said, that's going to be the true test in terms of um, like that, that stretch could make or break the season. Um, I mean, <laughs> you go from midweek at Liberty 
Hopefully we could pull out a dub there. And then you go to a, a, probably the highlight of the CAA schedule at UNCW because you don't play Northeastern this year, uh, which is kind of sad. But I think you, it seems like you'll probably end up being in the, the CAA championship at, at some point. If you're um, a Campbell but, fan, they you take that chance uh, not playing them and you know just being able to play another team that you can maybe sweep. Obviously, you want to beat the best of the best, but when you're a newcomer in a conference, that that's big to not have to face necessarily the preseason favorite up there. But I'm sure that we will see them in the CAA tournament in Wilmington. Oh yeah, I, I think I think we most definitely will. But that that's going to be the the how the season's going to flow. Are you going to flow as maybe as as close to a solidified number one seed heading into the the back half of that weekend or you get to kind of falter and 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 maybe slip into an ncaa tournament as a four seed or you're going to be limping into the caa championship you never know um my um weekend series and and this is going to be the big toss-up, I think, um, at the beginning of the season. Obviously, you have UC Santa Barbara, and then you have East Carolina, and then you have Ohio University. Hopefully, that will be the the sweep. But then, right off, right off the bat, you go to at Coastal Carolina, which is never an easy test. Um, hopefully, they'll be ranked by then, so you have a ranked one. But I think at Georgia Southern could be the sneaky, um, sneaky uh, weekend series, especially in the top half of, of the of the schedule. Um, Statesboro has um, hosted a a NCAA regional before. Georgia Southern is is one of those teams that um, could be really really good, and they're looking at a number one seed, or they can be really really bad. You never know. Um, but going to at Statesboro. Um, and they know how to fill that stadium. They filled that stadium at that regional pretty well. Um, so you at at Coastal Carolina um, that Tuesday, then Friday, Saturday, Sunday um, at Georgia Southern, uh, and then you host North Carolina. So if you could take go even or maybe um, maybe get four out of five, that sets you up for. Um, the quote unquote easy part of the weekends when you get to Bucknell and then you have a midweek against uh, Lafayette and then you have Valpo, uh, Valpo and then you have a midweek against uh, former Big South foe in Charleston Southern. Then you start CEA play. So um, that those ads and then hosting Carolina is going to be, I think the, the litmus test in terms of um, depending on how the Santa Barbara East Carolina is it either going to get really, really better start to the season, or is it going to start to tailspin and um, we're kind of hitting the panic button in terms of uh, is this team going to be really, really good, or we're kind of have the first year CAA blues? Yeah, a little uh, fun belt road trip there um, at the end of February and beginning of March. That'll be a fun uh, couple games to keep an eye on. Dylan, we've we touched on a lot of stuff. Um, we'll we'll talk more on Thursday. We're going to try to have a Twitter Spaces, and I'm going to try to talk to Coach Hare early next week and see what we can get out of him. But a lot to be excited for, Dylan. I know that we've been looking forward to this as well as many Campbell fans for a long time. Uh, one way that you can stay involved and kind of join the conversation is you can join our Campbell Discord chat. All you have to do is go to uh, our website where we have all of our articles and everything and just sign up for 
a paid subscription. It's $5 a month, and that just gets you into uh, all the articles, all the details, and it gets you in our Campbell Discord chat where we talk about all things Campbell Athletics, um, but it is definitely heating up as baseball season quickly approaches. Uh, to help you get on board, you can sign up for a seven-day free trial, um, and then after that, you just have to pay your $5 a month. But you can kind of see what everything's about, see if you like it or not, and go from there. And just join the conversation. Um, we are always talking about Campbell baseball in there, uh, talking about all sports, Campbell basketball, as they head towards March Madness, talking about football and new head coach Braxton Harris. Anything you can think of talking about um, uh, measuring uh, wrestling mats uh, as well as if anyone was watching the as Campbell destroyed the Citadel on Friday night. Um, but yeah, if you want to join the conversation, you can go over there. It's it's pretty cheap. We just like to have a little bit of a barrier so we can keep um, like we don't want a bunch of like opposing fans like jumping in there and and that's a lot to monitor. So just a little bit of a barrier for you to get in, but you can get a seven day free trial. See if you like it. And if you don't, you can just cancel it. Uh, but we appreciate all the support. Dylan, do you have any final thoughts before we hop off? Yeah. Um, just in case, if you guys don't know, um, we have moved over to uh, Flow Sports. Uh, so make sure you uh, get those Flow Sports subscriptions if you haven't already. Um, the looks like the first two games, Friday, Saturday, um, are going to be on Flow Sports. And then uh, the dreaded where all sports come together and you have to choose the best of the bunch. Um, Sunday looks like we'll just be on the varsity network only. Um, so definitely, um, take a listen to that. And then your East Carolina game is going to also be on flow baseball. So activate your, uh, flow sports, um, subscriptions now get those ready to go. So you do not miss, um, the opening pitch, uh, five o'clock start on Friday, very early since, uh, UC Santa Barbara is coming over and we're, I think that's a little, uh, mind game cause it's a uh, five o'clock Friday, three o'clock Saturday and one o'clock on Sunday. That's just my take. Um, coach Hare and the staff playing early games with UC Santa Barbara. Yeah, I, I can't. I think it's it sucks when you don't have a Fliff sports subscription and you want to watch the game. But now that I have one, I really don't care. Um, but I can't wait for all the ECU fans to just be so angry. Oh, they're going to be so triggered that they can't even watch this game. And they're going to have to pay. I, I don't I bought mine yearly, so uh, I don't know how much it is a, a month. So they're going to be very triggered. Also, like speak highly of Flow baseball. They're going to have a outside of uh Campbell they're going to have very interesting first 3 weeks of baseball with with ranked matchups as well i think Tennessee and Texas Tech um Oregon Oklahoma down in Texas so um get your flow of baseball and not just Campbell you can watch uh a lot of top 25 matchups but i think i'm going to be watching more twitter on tuesday just to watch ECU fans get absolutely triggered out of their mind that they cannot watch this game yeah, well, a lot to look forward to, Dylan. Uh, thanks, everybody, for listening. If you want to get involved, you can go online, join the Discord chat, talk about Campbell Athletics. Uh, we'll talk to everybody on Thursday uh, through a Twitter spaces, and then we will see you next Friday uh, and throughout the weekend for Campbell versus UC Santa Barbara. Uh, I know we have a huge crew going out there on Friday. I personally will be there on Saturday and grilling out and just having a great time and then on sunday to wrap it all up hopefully we'll be celebrating a campbell sweep but dylan thanks for hopping on thanks everybody for listening uh we'll talk to you soon and go camels